You're listening to Discover Hope with Pastor Tom Leake of Hope Bible Church in Columbia, Maryland. Average guys and gals. And all of this because they were obedient to the words of their Lord. Brothers and sisters, we must be obedient if we're going to see God work. If we want to see the power of God at work, we must be obedient. Sometimes obedience is hard. Sometimes the things that God says to do are hard. But God tests our resolve to obey, to see if we will do what He says, to not think that our wisdom is superior than His instruction. I'm so thankful that I've had good examples in my life that have shown me effective ways to get things done. Of course, I've also seen those patterns that weren't successful. Friends, the Bible is full of cases where we see obedient, prayerful witnesses testifying to the saving power of Jesus. But we must obey what God tells us to do. Satan will try to fool you into thinking that you know better than the creator of the universe. But the hard fact is, you don't. This is Pastor Tom's message today. Now, here's Pastor Tom in the book of Acts chapter 1 as he continues his message, Learning from Early Disciples. That's what it says in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 3 and 8. The writer of Hebrews is saying salvation was at the first spoken through the Lord Jesus. Then it was confirmed to us by those who heard. That's the apostles. God also testifying with them by both signs and wonders and by various miracles. What were those signs and wonders and healings and miracles about? God testifying that the the testimony of the apostles about his son was true. And that's why they did those miracles. No one else had that kind of authority in the early church. That is why the apostles were not repeatable beyond the first century. They are the foundation. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20 says the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. It means New Testament prophets there. So it's vital that we understand their unique office. But please notice it's not just the apostles who are in the upper room. Verse 14 indicates that there were believing women there as well. Jesus' mother, Mary, is specifically listed. Mary has been shown to be a believer a number of times in the gospel records. There are a couple of times where Mary got quite confused about what her son was doing. At one point, it looks like their family thought he was out of his mind. But here she is, a full, trusting believer in her own son, Yeshua, the Jewish name for Jesus. Did you know this is the last reference to Mary, what happened to Mary in all the New Testament? Church history knows nothing else either, despite what some say. They know nothing about what happened to her at all. She is portrayed right here, our last glimpse of her, as a devoted follower of her son. First glimpse of her was with the angel Gabriel, remember? What does this mean? And she said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. And here she is a disciple of Jesus Christ. Mary, listen to this. Mary was a disciple, a follower, a learner of her own son, Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? She is relating to him now as his loyal subject. She is beneath him. She places herself under his kingly authority. 
She has no authority in the church. She has no prominent place other than they mention she's there. She is obeying the word of Jesus Christ like all the other disciples. Tragically, much undue recognition has been given to Mary over the centuries that God never intended for her and Mary never wanted. The Bible never exalts Mary as an equal or anywhere near close to an equal with her son. Mary is a human being. Jesus is God in human flesh. There's quite a difference. She is properly at Jesus' feet, praying with all the other believers, not by his side in heaven, certainly not over him. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, There is one God and one mediator between man and God. And it goes on to give the name of that one mediator. And let me tell you who it's not. It's not Mary. And it's not St. Joseph or St. Andrew or anyone else. It is the man, Christ Jesus. Mary does not help Jesus save anyone. And even if she was trying to, Jesus doesn't need any help saving anybody. The worship of Mary or the veneration of Mary or prayers to Mary of any kind have no place in the Christian church. I am sure that the apostles Peter and John and Matthew and Andrew would have been shocked to find out that centuries after this, Mary, not Jesus, would be receiving the most adoration and attention in some of the churches. They would have found that to be preposterous and blasphemous. As pious a woman of God, she was, nevertheless, Mary was a sinner. And she was in need of God's saving grace the same way you and I are. She herself declared as much in Luke 1, 46 through 50, that passage, the Magnificat, where she calls on God and she says, I rejoice in God, my Savior, my Savior, she calls God. We can learn from Mary's genuine example of obedience, but we should never exalt her. For to do so is to diminish the very son that she herself was exalting. Now, there are other women here. Please notice in the upper room, men, please notice women were included in all the instruction and in all the prayers. Do you see that? Their names are not listed here, but in different places in the gospel, some of their names pop up, such as in Luke chapter 24 and verse 10. Joanna is mentioned, for example. Salome is mentioned also. They are mentioned as a group, though names are not given in Luke 23, 49. You will find as you read both Luke and the book of Acts that Luke purposefully mentions women quite often in all of the historical account. Why is that? Because women were always there. Men take mark of that and note of that. Throughout the whole movement of Jesus' band of disciples and here at the beginning of the church,